listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 119 And this week, we have a very exciting special guest. He's one of the most recognized voices in Chicagoland independent wrestling. He's the ring announcer for promotions such as Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, and Warrior Wrestling. He's Kirby the Voice Alexander. And he will be joining us for the very first time on the show in just a little bit. We'll get to some local stuff and some national news coming up right after the break right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708 248-7039. Hey, it's the Cryonic Redneck Coldstone, Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. And we have a ton of stuff to get to. Let's get to a couple of national things real quick with Chicago Ties. NXT last week, Chicago Suburbs' own Cora Jade had an absolutely terrific match with Natalia. It was a star-making moment for Cora. Unfortunately, Natalia got the victory, but Cora passed out in the submission move. And she really, really showed well, and Natalia has that ability to make anybody look good, but Cora definitely did her part. So proud of what Cora Jade, FKA Elena Black, has done over the last year and change in NXT. She is destined for stardom in the WWE system. Hopefully, she will get to her full potential with WWE. And I'm just loving every moment of seeing her try to do that. Also, former Power Entertainment star, Tony D'Angelo, now has a t-shirt on NXTShop.com. So if you want to support a Chicago guy who's beginning to make it big on the national scene, Tony D'Angelo has merch on NXTShop.com. Very, very exciting for him. I love his character, and he's also kind of coming up very, very quickly over the past seven, eight months on NXT television as well. And I'm having a whole lot of fun watching the Dawn of NXT against Legado del Fantasma. Great, great story, and I can't wait to see Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo in the ring one-on-one. New Japan Capital Collision this past weekend. Gardner native Juice Robinson is your new New Japan United States champion. He 
wins the four-way match over Will Ospreay, John Moxley, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So congratulations to Juice Robinson. Switching over to local and regional events from this past weekend, lots to get to here. Last Saturday night, May the 14th, Rocket Pro Wrestling kicks on 66. The pre-show saw Tyler LeBeau defeat EJ Swanson and DC Shaw. Then the show began with a 10-bell salute to American royalty Jake Adams, who we recently just lost, and rest in peace to Jake Adams. Very, very sad news. We've had a lot of that lately in local wrestling. Hopefully this is the last one for a good long while, and it's always sad to lose somebody in our community. Main card now, Kings of the Six, defeating No Coast. RPW Chicagoland Championship, a fatal four-way, and your new champion, Ruthless Rockin' Rivera, defeats the Amazing Turtle, Garrison Creed, and Just Amazing to become the champion. And then, Joey Roth comes out, inducts Rivera into the Idols, and Rivera will take the place of Flash Harris in the big five-on-five main event for control of Rocket Bro. Jake Lander retained the Wrestling for a Cure Cruiserweight Championship over Sabotage Sean Logan. It was a pretty disputed finish, and the rematch has been set for July 16th at Wrestling for a Cure in Springfield. Damien DeShane defeats last week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, the Ryan Matthews. Uh, Before the match, Matthews comes out, ripping Star Wars nerds, and then following his loss to DeShane, Ryan Matthews started to beat up DeShane, Sore sport, but then Darth Vader. Yes, you you heard that right. Darth Vader comes out for the save. Now this is some serious cult of cornet criticism just waiting to happen. Sports entertainment at its finest here. So Darth Vader uses the force to force choke the Ryan Matthews, and then Matthews bumps over the top rope as he's force thrown out of the ring by Darth Vader. Willing to bet if Jim Cornette gets his mitts on this footage, he's just going to rip it. But I saw it. One of my Facebook friends, Dennis Day, was in attendance at St. Joe's Park. Had all the great footage of it. It was hilarious. Check it out for yourself. I'm sure it's going to be roaming around on YouTube somewhere. Hilarious stuff from the Ryan Matthews for sure. Then we had those damn Coyotes defeating Warhorse in tag team action. And making her Chicagoland area debut, Louisiana superstar Amaris Blair defeats Celine Gray with her finisher, the Glamour Shot. And then for all the marbles, the five-on-five elimination match for control of Rocket Pro Wrestling. The Idols, Rockstar Johnny Nye, Damian Gray, Kevin Cade, Ruthless Rockin' Rivera, and Gunner Brave with Joey Roth and Roxy in their corner. They defeat... Team Rocket Pro of Aaron Stone, Shogun Chris Logan, Old Evil Christian Rose, Grin, and All Day Marche Rocket. Johnny Nye was eliminated first. Then Rose was disqualified by an official. He did KO Joey Roth for the time being. Aaron Stone then got eliminated by Ruthless Rocket Rivera. Then Gray suffered the M80 and got pinned by Marche Rocket. And then Grin eliminates Cage by pinfall. Then Gunner Brave pins Grin to eliminate him. Shogun Chris Logan eliminates Rivera. Marche Rocket accidentally got hit below the belt, and he decided to walk away. 
Then he was eliminated by Countout. So now it's one-on-one, Gunner Brave and Shogun Chris Logan. Brave accidentally knocks out the ref of the match. Then the GM, Jay Beck, Paycheck, runs to get a ref, and senior official Damian Saint comes out. Gunner Brave grabs a chair to try to finish off Shogun, but Damian Saint, the, refer- the new referee, grabs a chair, but then he proceeds to knock out Shogun by himself with the chair. The shocked Gunner Brave pins Shogun Chris Logan, and the Idols take control of Rocket Pro Wrestling. It's going to be an interesting summer, to say the least. They're now off until September for Fall Brawl. And who knows what's going to happen between now and then and what's going to go on in the mind of the Idols and the very evil Joey Roth. Be interesting to see what happens come September back at Rocket Pro. Flip it over to Rock for Damage this past Saturday night, the 14th, at the Teamsters Hall. We had Revolution defeating BMI. Mason Perks defeats Max Morrison. Corazon de Guerrero over Aaron Payne. CNC Destruction defeats Axel Bryo and Moondog Murray. Pauly Tomaselli goes over Axel Rico. The tag team champions Mongo and Kazile and IPA went to a double countout. Crazy brawl afterwards. All kinds of teams came out to break it up. Owner Stevie Eisman comes out after Mongo pushes the referee down and blasts Meathook's O'Bannon with the title belt. Eisman then strips Mongo and Kazile of those titles and there will be a match on July 23rd to crown the new champion of the tag team ranks in Rockford Damage. Then we had Beer City Bruiser defeating Vape God Fletch Malone. Rockford Damage's returns to the Teamsters Hall on July 23rd. Already signed, we have a death match between Masada and Dysfunction, and heavyweight champion James Storm will be there to defend his title. Sunday, May the 15th, Gali Lucha Libre presented Galaversary 15 at Walther Christian High School in Melrose Park. Some of the highlights from this action-packed show, congratulations to the new Gali Tag Team Champions, La Sociedad Boricua, Chuco and Jay Manny. They end up winning a triple threat match with the help of their partner, Axel Rico. The first ever Gali Lucha Libre Women's Champion, Congratulations to Chicago sweetheart, Mr. Kate, defeating Paloma Star, Lady Tigres, and Leslie Namunica. Then we had a six-man tag. This was a cool match. Bryce Benjamin, Big John Crowley, and Mason Conrad defeat Joey Marks, Manny Cortez, and Torero. Then after the match, Marks turns on Cortez and Torero and joins Bryce, Crowley, and Conrad in a beatdown of the two luchadors. Oof. Ricky Cruz retains the Gladiators Championship by defeating Macias. And in the main event, Psycho Clown knocks off friend of the show, Sam Adonis. After Macias tried to come in, he tried to screw Psycho Clown initially, but Bandolero came out to save the day. He took out Macias to make it one-on-one once again. Cycle Clown hits a Spanish fly from the top rope to pin it on us to win the Gali Undisputed Championship. Fun show over there for Gali Lucha Libre. They keep doing some good stuff there. And then Sunday, May the 15th, GLCW and Control Your Narrative presented Awakening up at Circle B Recreation 
in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. We had Damo defeating Jamie Stanley. Putter, Big Kurt, and Pledge defeat G-Money, Eli Perez, and Jordan Cross. And then Psycho Boy Fodder defeated Man Bun Jesus. Bulletproof Troop defeated someone who no one can identify, which is kind of weird. And then we had an in-ring interview segment. Space Cowboy was interviewing Cal Hero. Cal then invites Jordan Cross out. And then EC3 interrupts the interview, challenging Cal for a match at Blizzard Brawl in December. And then talks to Jordan Cross about teaching him a lesson and learning the ways of the narrative. So is Jordan Cross trying to be lured in by EC3? This could be interesting. We'll see what happens in the coming months in GLCW slash Control Your Narrative. And then main event eight-man tag, Adam Scherer, Dante Smiley, Flip Gordon, and EC3 defeat TW3, Backwoods Brown, Ragnar, and Drew Hernandez. Coming up this weekend, we'll touch on some of the big shows real quick. Chicago-style wrestling's Turn It Up at the American Legion, Franklin Park, CSW Championship, Joey the Jet Avalon defends against Scotty Tuhati. And then we have the CSW Metro Division Championship, Steve Boz defends against the red-hot Jax Johnson, who was fresh off his victory over Josh Woods at Bad Friday last month. Sky Blue returns to CSW, and she will take on the debuting Shelly the Bombshell. Vic Capri faces the Ryan Matthews. An interesting four-way battle between the Monster Cypher, Chris Miller, Joey Mayberry, and Mateo Valentine. Now this is going to be off the charts. And then we have a triple threat with Adam Stallion, CSW Women's Champion Heather Reckless, and Evil Sierra. Plus we have Axel Rico taking on Iniestra. And then what will happen with Conan Lycan, Solomon Tupu, Shane Boucher, and Jay Marston? What will they do for an encore after they took over Bad Friday last month? And will they face any repercussions from General Manager Steve Arendt? Also Friday night, May the 20th, Freelance Wrestling's Over the Top Rope at Logan Square Auditorium. 8 p.m. First Bell. We have GPA and Laney against Shaza McKenzie and Effie. Matt Nix against Coco Lane. A 30-person battle royal with plenty of talent in there. And then also advertised for the show, but no match is announced yet. Freelance World and Legacy Champion Robert Ego Anthony. And will we find out the latest on the saga with the Freelance Tag Team Championships with the rival teams, the Take It Home Wreckers, the Bang Bros, and Pick and Pop? We shall see. And also Saturday night, May the 21st, Berwyn Championship Wrestling's gone till September aptly titled because they're taking the summer off and they'll be gone till September. Berwyn Eagles Club. And then we have the BCW Championship. Joe Alonzo defends against Egotistico Fantastico. Haven't seen Ego in mask in the ring for a while, so that should be kind of interesting. Then we have in a featured bout, one-man dynasty Darius Luttrell versus AEW's Captain Sean Dean. Then the Ice Pig Fit Capri takes on Conan Lycan 
in a rematch from CSW from a number of months back. It's a street fight between Chicago's sweetheart, Missa Kate, and Heather Reckless. Diablo the Clown takes on Alfonso Gonzalez. For the BCW Tag Team Championships, Mike Strong and Just Amazing, with K.O. Kendra in their corner, defend against the N-Words with Vinny Scarpone in their corner. Aaron Payne faces off against Jake Painter. And for the Indiana State Championship, the Ryan Matthews defends against Berwyn's own, the lovable Chico Suave. Also, this weekend, Friday night, we have IWA's Mid-South's return to the Chicago area. They're going to be in Summit. We have Northern Lights Wrestling. We have Zawa Live, Northland Pro Wrestling, Southland Championship Wrestling, and Lucha Libre Total on Sunday. All right, everybody. That was a mouthful. But speaking of a mouthful, he is one of the most recognizable voices in Chicagoland independent wrestling. Kirby, the voice, Alexander. Coming up next, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. And it's now time for the main event. And I won't disrespect this gentleman by butchering <laughs> it, but we welcome for the very first time to the show. He's one of Chicago's most recognized ring announcers, working for promotions such as Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, and Warrior Wrestling. Here's Kirby, the voice, Alexander. Kirby, how are you, sir? I am fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, hey, everybody. Hope you uh, enjoy the show. We're going to chat and have some fun. And uh, yeah, man, come along for the ride. All right. So ring announcer for Freelance, Freelance Underground, Warrior Wrestling, Game Changer Wrestling, among many others over the past number of years. So how long have you been doing the ring announcing and, and how did you get your start? Uh, so we're right around we're at the 15 year mark somewhere. And, uh, it's always funny to me because a lot of the boys, uh, the rustlers, um, seem to like, know, like they remember their first match date. Like they all, they, they almost all, or, and some of them like I've had 472 matches. Like I couldn't tell you how many times I've done anything. I don't even remember the first date. I remember how I got into it. And I'll tell you that story, but like, I don't remember the first day. So that's why I always say it's like somewhere around 15 years. It could be 14. It could be 17 at this point. I'm not really sure. Um, so the way it happened was I was a big fan of IWA Mid-South when they started running up in this region. So they started running in Highland and Joliet, uh, Midlow and, uh, I was, you know, I was always on the board. I was always on the board, you know, just trying to see what news was happening and da, 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 da. And Ben Jordan at the time was doing commentary for Ian and was also running another company called Elite Pro with uh, the Tomasellis 
and uh, a couple other guys. There was like five or six guys that were all running Elite Pro. And they put up in the middle of the week, hey, we need a ring announcer for the show on Friday or Saturday. Uh, we don't have anybody, blah, 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 blah. So I hit up Ben and I was like, hey, um, never ring announced, but you know, I, I was in radio at the time. Uh, I worked for WCKG, uh, 92 Kiss FM. I started at Rock 103.5 way, way, way back in the day. So I was in radio. So I told him, I'm like, and I was in promotions. So I was used to being in front of a crowd, you know, giving away merchandise, getting people hyped about things, bar nights, stuff like that. So I'm like, I've already got the personality. I've already got the experience. It's just not wrestling related. And I said, and I'm also a lifelong fan. Like you put those two things together. I'm your guy. And so what they told me was they're like, well, show up, the, show up on Saturday. We'll see how you are. We're not going to pay. Uh, you know, they pretty much big time to me, you know, it's like, da, 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 da. and that, but that's the business. At least it was, you know, certainly was 15 years ago. And so I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, I'll have to prove myself. And got up there, called my, announced my first match, came back through the curtain, and they're like, you're our ring announcer for the rest of, you know, forever. We're going to pay you tonight. And it was a done deal. So, like, they heard me crack the mic once, and it was over. You know, and that, and it was just, you know, I kept doing them until they were done. Uh, the next month, they're like, all right, so how are you with commentary? I'm like, well, I've never done commentary either. I had never done ring announcing until last month. And they're like, all right, well, you're going to be our commentary and our ring announcer. And you're going to do it by yourself. So, so oftentimes, and sometimes I had a partner, sometimes I didn't, but oftentimes it was just me. And I would ring announce, run to the table, do commentary, run to the ring, ring announce, just go back and forth and back and forth. And then eventually I had a partner, but I, I was still doing both. I did both ring announcing and commentary for probably the first 10 years of my career in wrestling. And that was from multiple companies, but they were the first ones to have me do it. And then just everyone just kept having me do both. Vanguard was after that, got into Vanguard wrestling, did them until they folded and did some IWA Mid-South when they were doing Central Illinois. I forget where, where they were running, but it was somewhere in central Illinois at this point. They weren't running up here anymore. And then it just kept going from there. And then freelance happened and freelance underground and eventually golly did golly for a few years and black label pro. I did their, their first probably year, year and a half. And uh, then when warrior came around, warrior popped up on, on, on Twitter. I'm like, they're doing a show at Marian Catholic and I lived, I, I lived two blocks from Marian Catholic. I'm like, you know, I don't I'm, So I'm like, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I'm, you know, like I do all the ring announcing around Chicago. I'm like, I need to be on this show. And so Steve was like, yeah, let's have lunch. Went out to lunch and warrior brought me on. And yeah, so it's just, it's been a wild ride. And then well, GCW, when GCW started coming to town, they hit up James and Caleb from freelance underground and they were like, yeah, you know, why don't you, you can use our guy. And uh, so, cause uh, initially Emma wasn't traveling with them, but now he travels with them. Their actual ring announcer from, from back home. And uh, so the first couple of years that they did shows up around here, I was their guy too. And, and even, even now that he travels with them, they're so super cool. They'll always be like, you know, if I show up, they're like, Hey, we'll give you a match or two. So they'll still always give me a couple matches. So, yeah, so that's, all of the, you know, like how I got into it. I probably answered five of your questions on one. Sorry. 
Um, I talk, I talk a lot. It's, you know, that's part of the, uh, the gift, I guess. Yeah. You are the voice after all. Uh, right. So for those first few years, you were basically doing Howard Finkel and Joey Styles all at the same time. Yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. And there's times it's tricky because, um, you know, I, I've tried to teach people, uh, that very first night I was writing out my note cards and, let me get make sure it was the right person. Vito, Vito Tomaselli comes up to me and he's like, no, no cards. I'm like, what do you mean? No, no cards. And he's like, think of it this way. He goes, look at it this way. He goes, if you can't give a fuck about these guys enough to know who they are, then why should anybody else? Why should the fans? And that just struck me. It struck me so hard. And now like when I see guys that use cards, I'm never going to say, you know, it's a bad thing or I'm never going to, be disparaging about anyone but it like it hurts my soul <laughs> especially if it's someone like i saw um uh oh the chikara guy loudon i can't remember his last name but i think he went by loudon something he was doing a show in chicago at logan square auditorium and he was announcing someone like cole cabana someone like or or, or chris hero or claudio like someone that he's probably announced a hundred times and he still had his note card and he still glanced down at his note card i'm like you know this. It's like, I know you know this. Like if I were to, were to quiz him afterwards, I'm sure he could tell me all of that information, but he probably just got so used to using the note cards. I'm like, so it becomes a crutch, is, you know, it just becomes something you, you get used to doing. But, and then I, I met another ring announcer and he was using cards or, or a sheet or something. And I'm like, yeah, dude, try to, try to lose that if you can. And he's like, so you memorized the whole show? Like, no, I memorized the next match. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and there's so many ring announcers now throughout, you know, time that I've like either trained or, you know, given pointers to. And when I tell people that it like, it blows their mind. They're like, oh, like they've been trying to memorize the whole show. I'm like, no, all you need to know is the next match. You yeah. never need to know more than that. But not, But what that means is then while that match is going on, you have to be glancing down at your notes and starting to put the next match in your head. Well, now put that with commentary. So now I'm, I'm, I'm having to watch the match, do commentary and look at my sheet and memorize. So I'm like hitting like all these different sides of my brain. And that's a young man's game. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I was able to do it 15 years ago. I wouldn't want to do it now. You know, I, I at that point I feel like I would be doing either one of the two jobs not as good as someone else could be. So about five or six years ago, Freelance Underground, I was still doing commentary there and ring announcing, but I was doing it as part of a team. We started running a, a different venue in the city. It was a bar. I forget what bar it was, and uh, it was a brewery actually, and. They had me start a three-man team, myself and Jimmy from AEW and Sterling, who does uh, freelance and freelance underground. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we want you guys to be a three-person three team, but I just want, we want you to like train them. And when you feel like they're good, you know, we, you, you can like maybe remove yourself from the team. And like after the second show, I'm like, dude, they're good. They're fine. <laughs> and and three-man teams are really, really hard anyways. If, if you're not, if you don't have like, every, if everyone doesn't have cans because the guy on the far left can't hear the guy on the far right. Um, so yeah, well, as soon as I was like, these guys are good. 
and then I never looked back. I never did commentary again until recently. Yeah. Um, I did a, I did commentary on two freelance underground shows, one about a year ago and one about a month ago, right? Month, yeah, two months Julia. ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was uh, just nobody was able to. No, nobody was in town, and they're like, "Hey, we need to move you to commentary." And they're like, "You're you're training a guy, right, to be a ring announcer?" I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, you know. Wilson and they're like yeah can we you know bring him in so we brought him in and that was his first time not his first time doing a whole show by himself he did one warrior show when I had COVID he did a warrior show by himself um out of the blue and because I had COVID but um yeah so that's it, it, you know it was, it was a lot of fun doing both but like I said it, it, it it's a it's a lot of memorization or just not a lot of memorization it's just a lot of act brain activity and i'm like i'm getting old i'm 50 years old now that's why i started training other people um val val capone uh i you know i trained her a lot wilson now and um i want to leave the business in a good place you know i i have i have such respect for the the business of professional wrestling and I, I believe there's certain things in certain ways things should be done. Not to say that other people's ways aren't, aren't good either, but it's just, I'm like, I want to see this tradition continued on. I want to see things done the way that I believe they should be done. So I'm like, I better start bringing up the next generation. You know, that's what we do with wrestlers too. Wow. So I'm like, you know, we need to, do, need to do that on the commentary side. Cause I don't know if I can do this forever. So, but I'm going to try, I'm going to do it till I can't, but I also don't want to be that guy who's can't do it at the right level. You know, I, it, one, once I feel like if I'm deteriorating, like I'm, I start making mistakes all the time, or I start, you know, not my voice isn't good anymore or whatever, I'll back out. I'll graciously say, you know, say goodbye and just become a fan again. And that's why I feel so confident now that I, that I could do that because of people like Val and Wilson. When you say Wilson, that's uh, people know him as Alex Storm, correct? Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, you hold yourself to a nice high level of uh, expectation for yourself. And that's good because, you know, I think you have to have some sort of level of quality for your work. Otherwise, uh, the whole product will go down. And speaking of a guy that has a very high level of quality for his work, another legendary Chicago ring announcer, Mr. Riccolo. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, Riccolo is a hell of a dude. He's got his family's immersed in the business. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always dresses the part, looks super yeah. professional at the top of his game all the time. So uh, you and Riccolo, have you guys ever had any type of stories together at all? I've, I've met him a couple times because of his family. We've never worked shows together, obviously, because normally you only have one ring announcer, but no, we've crossed paths a little bit because of his son's. And, but yeah, that's, you know, and I know him, I know him by reputation, obviously I've seen him work, but I don't, but yeah, I don't know him as, as good as you would think, you know, like, uh, so there's a couple other ones like Jimmy from AEW, he and I are, you know, good friends, but we work together at underground too, but yeah, no, Riccolo has been doing it forever. And, uh, you know, and he has his, he has his thing too. And he, and, and he, and he brings, he, he, probably in the same way that I do tries to bring that same professionalism to the show and tries to add, to add value. And so for me, I'm never trying to, the show's not about me. What I do at the show, even that long note that I hold, that's not for me. That's, that's to get the crowd hype. It's for the workers. And I tell the workers all the time, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, you, you, you know, if they give me any kind of praise or anything, I say, you know, 
the reason I do what I do and try to do it to the, the level that I do it is because it's all for them. I'm just another thing that's there to get them over, like the robes, the lights. I'm just part of the, the production. And, you know, I always tell them, if I'm not willing to go as hard as I can doing my job, as hard as they do doing their part of the job, then how dare I share their ring with them? And I'm very specific, their ring. I, that's how I feel. I'm, I'm just a guy in their ring. It's their show. So I'm just adding to their show. And the guys, you know, the wrestlers tend to really, really appreciate that because that's, that's all, I'm, all I'm for. I'm just trying to get them either more heat or more shine or just get the crowd pumped up. It's all about them. And I'm just a prop. And, but it, you know, but it's a, it's, it's a ball. I got into it just because I loved wrestling and, you know, this is a way to go to the shows for free and get paid. Um, So, yeah, I just, I I just want to, you know, I want the business to continue to grow and see it prosper and just have fun. Any crazy stories during your ring announcing days? So this would have been my first company. This would have been uh, Elite Pro. Uh, Congo Kong was a regular there and he was managed by Joey Eastman and Joey couldn't make a show. So he sent this letter that the idea was force the ring announcer to read this letter, like as if they were Joey Eastman, um, but have the ring announcer do it under duress. So we get in the ring and, and Congo has huge hands he's a giant right so he has massive hands and he palms the letter and he smacks it into my chest and like grunts you know whatever would be congolese for read this right so i'm reading it and i've got tears flowing down my eyes and i'm like scared and like and we get in the back and he's like man he's like dude how did you like you were crying like i'm like I got tattooed last night on my chest. And when you hit me with the letter, you lit me up on fresh ink. And so those were real tears. Um, But he had no, yeah, he had no idea. And he just caught me and I had my whole peck done and he caught the entire peck. So I was in horrible pain. So I'm just like bawling, but it looks like I'm just really scared of this giant dude. And um, yeah, that's one of my favorite stories. That's one of my absolute favorite stories. Yeah, that's that's probably the craziest thing. The, the most of the other stories would just be, you know, there's just a ton of camaraderie. Um, you know, the guys are just you'd be surprised how much they care about each other and how how much they care about me and everyone else. It's it really is a brotherhood and I know that the idea of the wrestling brotherhood gets a bad rap because it's always been kind of like the big boys club club you know and they they protect each other but protect each other almost to a fault where you know stuff like that and I, I feel like a lot of that is going away it's not perfect yet but I feel like a lot of that is going away but it's now it's a brotherhood in such a different way I'm, wrestlers professional wrestlers like to hug more than any other like portion of the world that I've ever met like we just love each other you know like we show up at shows like you know, we smack each other's hands away and just give each other big hugs. You know, it's just, it's, it's love. And I think a lot of that goes because 
when you're in the rings with someone, you know, you're putting your life in their hands. And uh, so, you know, it, it becomes like a family. And uh, I did a show. This was, it was a one-off show at Logan Square Auditorium about three or four years ago for um, IWTV. It was, it was like an IWTV sponsored show, I believe. Okay. And uh, Nick Gage was on the show. And I had worked a couple times with Nick Gage before with GCW. And uh, one of my absolute favorite people to work, to, to ring announce, um, is Nick Gage. Uh, so he was asking me if I was going to be uh, doing Russell. I think it was, it was the collective WrestleMania New York. And I told him I probably wasn't going to be because um, I got tickets for my wife for Valentine's Day to see Elton John and, you know, it's just whatever I said it, you know, cause I'm like, yeah. And then forgot about it. So then like months later, probably like six months later was the next time GCW was in town. And, uh, you know, I, I go backstage and I see Nikki and he's like, dude, how was the effing concert? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, dude, the concert. F and Elton John, man. You took your wife to see F and Elton, Elton John. How the F was the F and concert, man? <laughs> it's just, you know, that's, and that's Nikki. You know, that's, that's, that's Nick Gage. He, and he's just, he's, he's, a, he's a sweetheart of a dude, but he's still the same dude. Um, and that's how he, that's how he sounds all the time. And I was like, but that just, it just struck me that he remembered that conversation from six months ago that, you know, I took my wife to see Elton John and he wanted to know how the show was. And I would, you know, I would have never expected that to come from him. So those are the things that make wrestling so special for me is that definitely that, that camaraderie, that brotherhood. That is so cool. It's a great story. And he had a few great stories there as well. Thanks. Um, coming up, uh, you got freelance wrestling on Friday, May the 20th. Yep. And I know you like talking about the shows as much as you like ring announcing them. So the next show is called Over the Top, Friday, May the 20th, Logan Score Auditorium, 8 o'clock. Some really, really cool matches. We have GPA and Laney against Shaza McKenzie and Effie in a tag team match. Then we have Matt Nix versus Coco Lane with Trevor Outlaw in his corner. And then we have this great 30-person battle royal where only about 12 of the participants have been announced so far. Yeah. It's going to be really, really cool to see who comes out of that match. And I believe from what I heard, the winner's going to get a title shot at some point. I'm not sure. I, I haven't asked yet at this point, so I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I could see that definitely being what, what, the way they go with it, um, but I'm not sure. So and I, don't, I don't think they've announced it officially yet, if that's the route they're going. But uh, yeah, no, uh, and more matches to come, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that show. I, I like Battle Royals. I, you know, I think Royal Rumble is my favorite, you know, pay-per-view. Uh, always has been, you know, from a WWE aspect, um, at least. But yeah, Battle Royals are a lot of fun. So that, that should be a great show. GPA and Shaza have a lot of great chemistry. So, you know, having them on opposite sides in a match. Effie, love the guy to death. He's, uh, he's, he's another just phenomenal person amazing worker so that's gonna that's gonna be a killer match and i'm sure gpa and him will have some great exchanges oh and then uh matt nix and uh coco lane trevor set that up last month with uh with coco turning 
on Matt Nix on the show. So that's that, 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 you know, you know, that story is writing itself right now. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that show. And, and that, that building is just so awesome. And that crowd, and I'll say this, the freelance wrestling crowd is unlike any other crowd. And, and, and all, all the home crowds are great. I love all of our crowds. I really do all of our audiences, but there's just something about that freelance crowd and especially when it's when it when it very first started at uh, uh, the Abbey. So when it very first started at the Abbey, we did a show there, maybe about four or five shows into the company, and we did a Halloween battle royal, and we had local guys come out as if they were actually someone else. So like Marche Rocket was the Rock, and so it, it was in. The idea was that they, they were actually supposed to be that person. And on paper, I looked at this and I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? I'm like, we're out of business. Like, this is horrible. Like, no one's ever going to come back. We just jumped the shark. Like, this is the worst idea on paper. And then the guys came through the curtain and the crowd acted like they were seeing the person that was being portrayed instead of the actual worker so they 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 bought in for us and so like you know chico came out as kurt angle and they acted like they were seeing kurt angle like they they suspended disbelief and made this the most magical match that i've ever been a part of and like i said on paper i hated it and the crowd made it something amazing and i tell i tell the people all the time i'm like you know when they're like, you know, really great show tonight. I'm like, you guys are two thirds of why the show was great. <laughs> like, like if it wasn't for the crowd, man. And you know, that, that Logan square auditorium, you know, when I, when I pumped them up a little bit in the beginning, I know they're going to give me tenfold back. It's amazing. It feels, it's just wonderful. So that that's such a, such a fantastic crowd, but I'm, almost all wrestling crowds are good. There's, there's some in Chicago that sit on their hands a little bit more than I would like, meaning that they don't get, excited as much as i think they should but uh most most of the chicago crowds are are, are pretty damn good yeah freelance kind of has that cult-like atmosphere with the fans they just really into it and you i think you really touched on it and covered it very well in your response there it was really really cool quite an incredible experience over at freelance they love, they love new guys too it, that's the thing it's like Anything we give them, they just, they make it work. And, and, and you know, and, and if something funny happens, they, they turn it into a chant. Um, and it's just, like I said, they, they just love new guys. When, uh, when we brought in Space Monkey for the first time, and, you know, he, he was totally green. And I was like, oh, you know, what's going to happen with this guy? And he immediately became a hit with, with Freelance. Like, they just, they loved him. You know, they got totally into it. And I'm like, that's because this, this crowd is just so magical, man. They're just so cool. And then now you also have a couple of other promotions that are coming up down the line in a couple of weeks. You got yeah. Freelance Underground and Warrior Wrestling on the same night. So have you figured out what's going on with that yet in terms of your uh, appearance there? I have, I have. So that's... The, that Warrior show is our debut in St. Louis. St. Louis area. And uh, well, yeah, we're calling it St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're calling it St. Louis, but it's really outside of St. Louis. Yeah, right? greater St. Louis area. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so I'm one of those guys, we talked about professionalism. Um, 
I don't back out of dates. When I have dates, I have, those are my dates. And if new dates come along later, I'm not going to cancel a show, no matter how much I might think it's a better opportunity or whatever. I want to do the St. Louis show. Like you wouldn't believe like, you know, that's a debut for me. It's, it's a, somewhere I've never been. It's a new crowd. Um, I really want to do that show, but I had my, my freelance underground dates booked, you know, since the beginning of the year. So when Steve made this show happen, I was already booked. So yeah, no, I'm working the, uh, the freelance underground show because I believe that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no, you know, he could put the coolest guys on the show that I've never worked with before. And I would be like, sorry, uh, you know, I'm, I'm already booked. And Steve, uh, the guy who runs warrior totally gets, it. he's like, you know, he goes, I wouldn't let you, I wouldn't let you cancel another booking to take my booking. Like he gets it too. He gets the, the business side of professional wrestling, but there are, you know, there's, there, there are people that, that don't practice that, that, you know, will cancel bookings for other bookings and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's getting rarer, you know, it, it's getting better, but there are guys that don't always honor their bookings, but I definitely feel like I would never do that. I can't, I can't do it when, when not with a good conscience. So yeah, I'll be at, I'll be at, uh, Thornton Distilling Company. Yeah, Thornton. I always want want to call it Thornton Distillery, but it's Thornton Distilling Company. And that's uh, May 28th. So, yep, that's where I'll be. Four quarters. Both of those shows are going to be hella good. Freelance Underground, you got uh, Calvin Tankman, Joshua Bishop for the Freelance Underground Championship. And Joshua Bishop last month put on an absolutely amazing display for a big man. And him going up against Heavyweight Hustle is going to be amazing. Yeah, the thing is, he's still establishing himself in, in, in the Chicagoland area. He hasn't done that much work. He's done, but the Black, Black Label Pro has used him pretty decently. And I believe he's been champion in Black Label Pro, if, if, I, if I don't uh, recall incorrectly. Yeah, he um, was in the main event there, I think. Yeah. But uh, as far as Chicago, he hasn't gotten a lot of work yet. And uh, he's done a couple matches for Freelance Underground. So the, the Underground. Uh, you know, crowd is still figuring him out and learning him, but they got into it. They, they, they definitely got into his match uh, last month at Thornton Distilling Company. Those two guys are going to tear it up. Calvin Tankman is a phenom. You know, it's just, and, and he's not the only one. We've had other big guys that can move, but he is. He's just a phenomenal, you know, striker, uh, strong style worker, and then he can also fly around you know, similar to Keith Lee and stuff like that. He's, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch, man. He's, and, and now you give him a big guy that can go toe to toe with him. And I've, you know, I've, I've seen Bishop in a, in AIW and uh, he's a monster. He really is. You know, he's, he's had some, some crazy bloody matches and uh, some really, you know, violent hardcore stuff that they've done there too. So I think these two are going to beat the snot out of each other and, and, uh, and I'm here for it. <laughs> and another match I'm looking forward to, and I'll be watching an IWTV is project Monix versus Matt Nix in a submit or I quit match. And that match was made at last month's show. And this yeah. should be incredible. It's been an incredible story yeah. to watch project Monix basically come out of retirement for retirement tour. And then put the ultimate swerve on everybody and come back yeah. for time. And the whole thing with Monix has just been building and building. It's just great storytelling. And I can't wait to see this match. Yeah. It's and it's, yeah, it's been building for probably the better part of six months now, if not, if not closer to seven or eight. And uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, 
did you know, you know, you knew, right? And uh, no, nobody knew. Yeah. I think three people in the building knew um, besides him. Yeah, I think and there was two or three people that knew. No one else knew. And that's why it worked as well as it did because all of our reactions, like my reaction. And, and so in my head, I'm watching it happen. And I knew what I, you know, I, it was supposed to be his retirement. And I'm like watching it and I'm all, I'm starting to notice I'm like, oh, oh boy, he's about to swerve. And I'm like, no, he's not. There's no way. There's no way. And then I just noticed, I picked up on like some other things that he was saying. I'm like, no, he is. He's about to swerve on this. And then he did it. And I was like, holy, he did it. And like, it just blew my mind. And like, it blew the crowd. And just, it, yeah, it was, it was killer it was so good it was just it pulled it was pulled off so well because everyone spent five minutes before the match crying after watching this amazing video package that they yes. had put together and uh yeah it was so well done and for none of us to none of us to know was great and that's part of the magic of wrestling i i love watching wrestling and not knowing right and you, you know you get to the point where you believe you can predict just about anything. And, and sometimes it can be very formulaic where it's like, yeah, you can look at a pay-per-view and go, this is what's going to happen. And you could possibly be right. But like for what, any show that I work, I prefer to not know who's going to win. So like when I get run sheets, I prefer that they do not have winners on them. Yeah. Um, and some companies do that for me and some companies don't. And even on commentary, especially on commentary, I always prefer to not know the winners. I only wanted to know the winners if I had to. So like if it was going to be confusing or a weird finish mm -hmm. and so I had to know, then let me know. But if I don't need to know, I want my reaction to be genuine. Yes. I want to be surprised and I don't want to have to act surprised. I want to be surprised. And uh, so that, cause that makes it more genuine for the, for the listeners. For the people listening. Yep. Uh, so, and even my reaction just ringside as a ring announcer, you know, there'll be times where I'll be like, Whoa, and that's, that's for real because I don't know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. And back to the Monix thing real quick. He had his hook line and sinker. I mean, pulling yeah. on the heartstrings with the, with the video package and all the pictures and all that yeah. stuff. And then the match itself, how he, he fought so hard and he was yeah. the underdog and he came so close and it looked like he was on the verge of winning the match on two or three occasions. And yeah. then Tankman just was so powerful and Monix couldn't overcome and finished them off. And yeah. the crowd was so silent after that match. And, yeah. and then when Monix just, did the turn, did the ultimate swerve. It, it, I mean, it was masterstroke. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, I, I tell people that, you know, that's the magic of our business. When you, when you can, when the crowd allows themselves to suspend their belief and, uh, and just let it surprise them. That's, that's when, when wrestling is the most magical. It just, it, you know, and I, I see you, you, you see that mostly with, with kids, because kids are, they believe still. It's just so awesome to see that and to see them be surprised and, and stuff like that. You know, I, I take my kids to the shows and I don't clue my kids in on anything. And, and they're, they're starting to understand, they're starting to, to get it, you know, to, to, but at first my daughter, she, you know, she bought in 
And it was so awesome to watch that with her, you know, and sometimes, and, you know, she would sit on my lap when I'm ring announcing and just to see her reactions and see her get mad and, you know, and stuff like that. It's, it's just, it's beautiful because that's what it's, it, it, it invokes emotion. We always, I always used to joke that wrestling is men's version of a soap opera. It looks like sports, but we're really in it for the stories. Absolutely. And before we let you go, Kirby, one more thing for you. Uh, why don't I go ahead and promote your social media, whatever merchandise you have. And I know you have a shirt of pro wrestling. <laughs> I do. I do. Make events. I happen to have the shirt sitting right here. And then I didn't plan this. I don't know how well you can see it. There it is. Oh yeah. It's the whole main event thing. So yeah, this is available on pro wrestling tees. If you go to the freelance shop, so you go to freelance wrestling and it's there with a lot of other freelance wrestling guys uh, shirts. But uh, yeah, buy a shirt. That would be really cool. The way that shirt got made is actually a funny story, if you don't mind another story. So uh, Alex Thorne uh, Wilson, who I was training, and uh, he thought it was my birthday like a couple of weeks before it was my birthday. And he, he made that picture and put it up to say happy birthday to me. And I was like, that's cool, but it's not my birthday yet. It's still a couple of weeks out. And then Matt Nix, who uh, r- ran freelance and works for Pro Wrestling Tees, he's like, dude, he goes, that image needs to be a shirt. Is, would you mind me making that a shirt and putting it up on the freelance thing? I'm like, yeah, as long as we can get permission from, you know, from, from Wilson, from Alex Thorne. And he's like, well, he works for pro, pro wrestling teams too. So yeah, he already, he's like, he already gave me the image. I'm like, okay, cool. Then run with it. And uh, you know, I have a few that I carry around with me to sell at shows and stuff. But uh, again, it's, it was really hard. People have been asking me to make a shirt for years and years and years and years and years. And I go back to that whole thing. That's not for me. That is for the rustlers. So I almost have this thing, like for every shirt I sell, that's money I'm taking out of the rustlers pocket. So for me, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, so, but people are like, but no, you're part of the show too. So go ahead and do it. So I do it, but I do it with this little bit of like guilt that like, uh, should I be selling a shirt? But uh, it's a fun little shirt, and uh, my whole family has one. Like, <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, so you can get the shirt of Pro Wrestling Tees on the freelance page, and then you can follow me on Twitter. I don't do uh, Insta or anything like that. Uh, at Kirby the Voice on Twitter. Yeah, I promote all the shows. I talk about wrestling a little bit here and there. I'm not the most. Um, can't think of the word. I, I don't do a lot of posting on Twitter, but I do from time to time. Twitter, rustling Twitter is hard sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you know that as well. It's uh, it can be a, it can be hard to get on there and see some of the bitterness and some of the, toxicity. some of the things that the, uh, the, the toxicity. Yeah, it's it's hard. That toxicity can be rough, and uh, I I'm not incredibly sensitive to it, but. There are a lot of the rusters that really are. And I've, I've seen I've seen it really wreak havoc on some people, you know, the things that can be said and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I post and I get on there and, and there's some amazing people in the community as well. I'm not trying to disparage the entire wrestling Twitterverse, um, but it can be it can be rough sometimes. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, and you're going to be at freelance on May the 20th. And- yep. Logan Square, and you're going to be a freelance underground on May the 28th. Correct. At Thornton Distilling Company. 
Yep, and then the the next uh, the next big show <clears throat> for me for Warrior the afternoon of the uh, Forbidden Door show. Oh. We're doing a show across the street at Malcolm X. So um, that show is uh, so exciting to me that I actually moved my vacation. I was taking my family on vacation. We were supposed to be gone already by that point. And I sat down with my wife and I'm like, look, there's this opportunity. Uh, Warriors doing a show right across the street from a AEW New Japan co-sponsored show. I'm like, you just never know who's going to be in the building. You know what I mean? Someone could come across the street. I'm not saying I'm going to get discovered or anything, you know, but you don't know. And I'm like, you know, I, I almost feel like, I don't want, I just don't want to miss that opportunity, you know? So uh, I talked to the wife and she's like, yeah, you know what? She's like, let's do it. Just go ahead. She's like, we can, we actually had to cancel reservations. We had, we had already like had reservations in other States. We had to cancel reservations, like redo our, 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 because we always travel by car. We like to, we don't like to, we don't have nothing against flying, but we like to travel by car because we want to see everything. We want to do more. So when we go on vacation, it's like 18 days at a time. And we had to totally move the whole itinerary just around the fact that I wanted to work this show. So shout out to my wife. She's amazing. But yeah, so that's, I got a lot of shows coming up, man. It's going to be good times. That'll be Warrior Wrestling 24 at yeah. Malcolm X College on Sunday afternoon, May the 26th, 2 p.m. bell time. Yep. All right, Kirby, thank you so much for being on, for being a great guest and sharing some awesome stories with us at Windy City Slam. Thank you. It's been awesome. I hope everyone enjoyed. Fun conversation with Kirby the Voice Alexander. Kirby's a really good dude. He adds just so much to every local show that he's a part of as a ring announcer. Some great stories of him as a ring announcer, as a broadcaster, and just interacting with talent backstage. Really, really cool guy. All right, next week, we will recap some big events from Chicago-style wrestling and freelance wrestling. Plus, we'll talk a little bit of Warrior Wrestling and Freelance Underground. Plus. AEW's double or nothing, including the championship match of CM Punk challenging AEW champion Adam Hangman Page. And also, a huge guest for next week, making his long-awaited return to Windy City Slam podcast, he's the legendary mystical god, the master of the ultimate swerve, Project Monic. Project Monarchs returns to Windy City Slayer podcast right here next week. So long, everybody.